Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra Channel. If you're listening on the Cycling Dane podcast, today it is the World Championships, the time trial event for the men's. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Kroger himself, Ewan Wilson. It wasn't Sterling, and I mean Ewan. Uh, yeah, I love a, I love a good time trial. And yeah, what happened today on the time trial? The time trial around Sterling was 47 kilometers long with a mostly flat course, but with an uphill cobbled climb to the finish at Sterling Castle, not too far away from the iconic William Wallace monument in the city stroke town. In terms of the race favorites, they were also stacked at the end of the day. The early benchmark was set by the 19-year-old Josh Tarling, who set a fantastic time of 56 minutes and 7 seconds. Uh, later on, we had the real heavyweights, uh, sort of proven time trialists, and at the individual, what, and at the intermediate time checks, it looked like it was going to be a battle between Pippo Ganna and Remco Avnipol. Ganna led at the first check, but that soon uh, flipped, and Remco uh, was leading ahead of Ganna at the second and third time check. At the line, Avnipol managed to extend his lead 12 seconds ahead of Pippo Ganna, 48 seconds ahead of Josh Tarling, with McNulty at 1 minute and 26, Wout Van Aert at 1.37, Nelson Oliveira at 1.52, Roman Dennis at 1.53, Mattia Catano at 1.56, Miguel Biel at 1.58, and Grant Thomas rounding our top 10 at 2 minutes and 4 seconds. Avnipol now, I mean, he's won the European Championship, the Belgian National Time Trial Championship in the Time Trial, and now the World Championship. He's won all of those. He's won the Belgian Road title and the, and the World Championship Road title. The only thing missing of, like, the international prizes, I mean, the Olympics, but that's, like, the really hard one to win, and the, the European Road Race title, which he came second in back in 2021. Avnipol is a fantastic rider. This solidifies it. Without riding the Tour de France, he still won the TT and put a lot of speculation to bed after a disappointing road race at the weekend. Jumping my question there, but I mean... Sorry. I... Some, yeah, I know you're excited about this. We both kind of are. One thing that we didn't really talk about, but this is the first time we've had a senior Belgian world champion in the time trial, obviously, because the event only existed since 1994. The Eddie Merckx era, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, we kind of we were concerned about him, shall we say, uh, after the Road World Championships, and then here just absolutely demolishing the competition. And does it, is this rectifying his World Championships and his decision to cut cut out welter preparation to do this and take, like you said, his second senior title in the World Championships and uh, yeah, almost double World Champion. Yeah, it feels like. It, it is kind of back to back in a way, just different disciplines. I don't think that's been done before. Because Eddie Merckx can't have done it. Because, I mean, the, the time trial is relatively recent, <laughs> yeah, which, so. yeah, usually it's the benchmark, but. Um, Peter Scan never took the time trial. Yeah, very true. And Pippa Ganna didn't take the road title, and Wild Vanart did win either. <laughs> Martin. And Michael Rogers never did. Botrago never did. Miguel Indore, I know. Yeah, maybe not. Abraham Olano, he might be the only one I'm thinking of. Uh, I don't think he did. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty sure he did it the other way, kind of. Not quite. Uh, yeah, but it, it's still a unique achievement. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Remco, Remco is a really good one-day racer. Two different disciplines. Yeah. And he's, he's in the in the Belgian Championships as well, and was really close to it in the European Championships. It really is a fantastic career he's got at the age of just 23, uh, 23 years old. I think sometimes that the the eager discussions and the personalities, like all the stuff happening with him and his dad and Patrick Lefebvre and the press about the teams and so forth, that maybe overshadows the actual pure achievement of Remco Evenepoel. But he is a Galactico. He's one of these 
top six riders in the world who get incredible, incredible results. And it feels very apt that Rimka Evenepoel is the world time trial champion. And we're going to be hearing the Brabant song played loud um, at the top of Sterling Castle uh, tonight. Well, this afternoon. I mean, amazing achievement. You have to say that Remco Venable. We know he's super talented. Like the Innsbruck double was incredible. Uh, going to do the Yorkshire second place there. And then, yeah, now complete medals. Uh, as we said, Ghana as well uh, gets completes his medal set, a gold, bronze, and silver in the time trial event. But yeah, you and uh, we could dwell so much on uh, Remco Venable. Obviously, people will have clicked on the thumbnail. And uh, uh, first of all, if you want to hear more about the Remco Venable saga with the teams, we have a great clip on the Echelon Cycling Podcast. Have to plug that. But yeah, Ewan, we, we spotted this quite early on. His The aerodynamics is obviously vital, vital, vital in time traveling. He has an incredible aerodynamic position, one of the lowest CDAs, uh, drag coefficients of all riders. But we also noticed that he had kind of something that kind of just helped his his shirt, it kind of pulled down a bit. Was it a radio? Was it a bottle? We've seen bottles used strategically before, but yeah, what was your best take on it? Yeah, I've been trying to dig on Twitter to see if anyone's got a good sort of answer for what it was. Some people saying a bottle, some people saying a radio. I personally thought it was a radio. Um, it looked huge to be a radio. It might be one from like the 1930s, like one of those like old Robertsons ones or whatever, like this Roberts old vintage radio as he just stuffed that down his jersey. But um I, I think that's actually a really good aerodynamic decision, especially for Avenable, who has such a low position on the bike. Like putting a radio there really compromises the aerodynamics on, on the back. Yeah. There, I feel like the way he he's positioned, it probably doesn't make a big difference. Remember, he is a Grand Tour leader, road world champion. He was supposed to sort of be one of the big dogs at the Giro. I mean, he was for a week uh, before I had to pull out with COVID. They have done so much wind tunneling, tunneling testing, and I'm sure this was all like added up and so forth as as a smart decision. I don't know if this has been done before. Usually, see the radio stuff down the back, but whatever it was, definitely helped the aerodynamics. But ten seconds, I know anyone's all about the marginal gains, but ten seconds, well, twelve seconds was the winning margin. Rather, would that difference have made enough? We looked at Ghana as well that front wheel seemed flat obviously cobbles were coming up but riding a flattish tire for the whole course would that really be a benefit it, it looked kind of strange from ghana maybe it was a decision later on we haven't really seen anything or about about a puncture i haven't really seen any anything on twitter really of people discussing it but it did look very yeah low pressure but also i know the riders before the race were saying that it was slow tarmac the paving might not have been great and that was just a way of um of adapting to it i can't not talk about the 19 year old former junior world time trial champion from last year josh tarling absolutely obliterating his senior rivals early on only like we said losing out to ghana and remco venable which is no no uh, well not a lot of people have finished behind those two yeah josh tarling just a massive talent here literally because he's like almost two meters tall but uh, you and yeah, what do you make of the young man's ride? It was fantastic. I mean, we we spoke in the preview that we did about the fact that he was so close in Tour of Wallonia. It showed signs of great th things to come. And once once we got those first checks early on, he was one of the early riders to go. He was just smashing it every time out of the park, beating like world world tour guys who've been doing this for years and former world champions and the likes of Rowan Dennis. So it really it it was very very impressive. 
And at the age of just 19, a bit like Remco back in the Harrogate Yorkshire World Championships, similar kind of, he's just like super kid. I'm really intrigued to, to see what he's going to do. He's like completely bypassed the under 23 level, um, jumping up to the senior level. And it definitely points towards great things in the years to come. He's a teammate at Pippa Gannon, works on probably the best time trialing team in the world, at least historically in anyone's going to do And also for British cycling, it's, the, it's their home championships and... They haven't really had that many chances to win medals on like the senior level, at least. So this is a bit of a surprise uh, for, for him to get the medal, but also for them to have a superstar for the future in a discipline that historically the UK have done very well in. It's it's nice. Yeah, very true. I mean, uh, we might well, Brendan McNulty and you, and uh, we could talk about that as well. Hot and cold, he definitely went hot here. I, I don't think uh, either of us would have said he would finish fourth at the start of this. Yeah, start of the year, start of this world championships, but uh, yeah, amazing ride by him. Also, big shout out to Nelson Oliveira for getting in top. 10 yeah, again. yeah, we're, we're both fans of him. Let's be honest, there's no beating about the bush there. But in terms of disappointment, Ewan, uh, the Biesingers, uh, not that Biesingers, the Stefans of Switzerland. Ooh. Yeah, really disappointing stuff from, from the Swiss team. I don't know, maybe it's fatigue from because they did the relay, the mixed relay on Tuesday. Not that many people in the race did that. Lawson Craddock did, and Matteo Catania did, but not that many riders like Jorganas, Avonapols, and so forth. That they weren't drafted in, so it it was a bit of a sort of rogue choice. Well, it, it was a bit surprising seeing them off the mark. Maybe, maybe that was why they spent themselves early in the week. But that's only like a one-hour effort that they gave, well, actually less than that, like a forty-minute effort that they gave in that race. So. This was, yeah, really just huge surprise. Maybe both Swiss guys just didn't have enough preparation because you would think Bissiger and Kung should both really be in top 15, well, top 15, probably in top 10. So definitely disappointment for them. Um, also, I mean, to be as fast the reigning champion missing out on the top 10, he was a surprise winner last year, but being outside top 10 is, is a major disappointment. Also for Pogaccio, I mean, we said in the preview that he doesn't have a great proven record in one-day TTs. Which is true. Uh, he finished outside the top 20, which is surprising for a guy who's won Tour de France time trials in the past. But he was spent after the road race. Yeah, let's just big up his charity initiative as well, where he's giving money to the floods in uh, Slovenia. So uh, check out his Instagram for that. Uh, but nevertheless, Ewan, one thing that we kind of thought was quite amusing at the finish line, a lot of the riders didn't, was it Kemner who threw up because the cameraman got very personal. Uh, Rowan Dennis even punched or like tried to hit the cameraman away. And uh, yeah, quite strange, wasn't it? It was just very evasive. Like the, they came across the line and the, this like tracking camera shot like went straight into their face like a, like a fly. It was almost too close for comfort and the riders were not happy with it. Um, understandably, Kemner, I think that was just very evasive with him like vomiting and... Yeah, it was just, it was a lot. So very understandable indeed that, that the writers were frustrated. And I don't really know if those camera shots really added anything. I know that we as viewers, not we, but like a lot of people like the sort of suffer and pain aspect of it in terms of like seeing the writers, like the human effort of it all. I think it, that I mean, professional sport is like that. But it might just be a step too far, a bit too sort of, you know, personal space, have a... Well, we, we almost need another pandemic again for social distancing. Well, on that note, <laughs> that's it for our race recap analysis here on the Second Day Next channel. Or if you're listening to the Second Day podcast available on Spotify, etc. But uh, yeah, as always, um, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, 
let us know down below what you thought of this World Championships and tell us what your prediction was before, because uh, I got it completely wrong. Uh, you and you guessed the winner? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I backed Dave Nepal to win. I didn't say Ghana or Tarling for the podium, though. No. But anyways, with that, thank you very much for watching, and we will see you around. Okay, I'll get on with that. Sick. All right. See you in a bit. Bye. In a bit.